the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Oh, soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There's light for a look at the Savior And life more abundant and free Turn your eyes upon Jesus Look full in His wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Through death into life everlasting, he passed and we followed. Him there over us, sin no more had dominion, for more than conquerors we are. And turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face. strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace his word shall not fail you he promised believe him and all will be well then to a world that is dying is perfect salvation to tell and turn your eyes upon Jesus look full in his wonderful face and the things of strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light
Do you believe in miracles? Do you believe that nothing is too hard for God? Do you need God to do something for you today? God's presence is real. It is a fact. Do you know the presence of God in your life? I need a miracle today. I'm a walking dead man without the fullness and the power of Pentecost to reach this nation. And I'm doing what I have always done in the presence of God. I am telling him what my great need is. I'm standing on his promise, Luke 11. And I am believing that he is sending in his time revival to this nation. I'm not going to walk in unbelief. I'm not going to walk in cynicism. I am patiently doing exactly what he told me to do. Come day by day, open the word, proclaim his glory, invite you to believe and then to trust him. I am doing exactly what he told me to do. He said, wait upon the Lord. I am waiting upon the Lord. There's much I would like to do. I would like to reach out with with many tools like FM radio. But I'm waiting upon the Lord to do that because if I do it in the flesh, it will not be effective. We will see the glory of God if we will but believe and trust. There is a story in the scripture that I must share with you today. Lazarus was a man loved by Jesus when he walked upon this earth. He was the brother of Mary and Martha, and Lazarus became dangerously ill, probably running a very high temperature in bed, and they feared for his life. And so they sent a message in the 11th chapter of the book of John. They sent a message to Jesus. They said, Lord, the one you love is sick. 
They knew by saying that, that Jesus would respond. And so Jesus continued to do the ministry that he was doing in Galilee. And finally, Jesus said to the disciples, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. See, there's a problem. Even the disciples, after all this time and these many signs from God, beginning with the wine being turned to water, the healing of a blind man, and many other signs, so many that they could not all be written in a book, the disciples did not yet fully believe in Jesus. Now, to believe is also to trust. It's not intellectual belief. It is trusting. It is standing though the heavens fall and knowing that your redemption draws nigh. How many times... I have had no idea, knowing there was nothing I could do to pay for this radio broadcast, and I have stood by faith, I have watched, and I have waited, and Jesus in his great mercy has stepped in and moved in the hearts of men and women, and they have given, he's already doing that this month, and I'm watching and I'm praying. There have been times when I have had no food to eat, and I have cried out to the Lord God of heaven, and he has sent the food without my saying a word. He's paid the rent for the house. I had no idea how I would pay the $600 this month for car insurance. The Lord graciously moved and sent the $600 for the car insurance. I live a life of miracles. I trust my Jesus. But that only comes after many tests, after many painful heartaches, after a broken heart after a broken heart where finally you just know that only the hand of God can accomplish what needs to be done. It's very humbling on one side, because we Americans like to think that we can do it. Just give us a chance. We'll do it. We'll make it happen. We're a can-do people. But after you have endured the heartaches that I have endured in my life, I have finally grown up enough to understand that if it's going to be, it's up to God. It's not up to me.
After he said this to the disciples about Lazarus, he continued ministering for two days. The disciples understood why. They didn't want to go back to Judea. After all, the last time they'd been there, the Jews tried to stone Jesus to death. They were very concerned about this. They were concerned for Jesus, and they were concerned for themselves. And Jesus got up after two days, and instead of going to the normal work of ministry, he said to them, let's go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago the Jews tried to stone you, and yet you're going back there? Jesus' answer is a wonderful answer. He says, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? A man who walks by day will not stumble, for he sees by this world's light. It's when he walks by night that he stumbles, for he has no light. He's saying, We walk in the daytime and we don't stumble. They don't stone us to death. But he said, I am the light of the world. He had the light inside of him. And so he knows something that the disciples have no way of knowing. That God wants to accomplish a great work, a majestic work, that will confirm in their hearts who this Jesus is, because they are now going to Jerusalem, and a short time later, they will face the crucifixion of Jesus, and he did not want them to lose faith. Jesus knows already in advance what your needs are. He knows today if you need physical healing, if you need emotional healing. He knows if your finances are destroyed and you need him to step into your finances. He knows all about that. The question is, do you believe in miracles? Or do you walk as the disciples did in the light of day and only do what makes sense to you? I pray, O oh God, that he will break my human wisdom. For I know today that human wisdom cannot bring about the glory of God. Human action cannot bring about the glory of God. It must be by the Holy Spirit moving in power in my life and in your life. But we must decide if we will believe him or if we will simply walk in human wisdom. He said to the disciples, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. But I'm going to go and wake him up. Lord, his disciples said, if he sleeps, he'll get better. That means this, the fever has broken. But Jesus had been speaking about his death. So he told to them, he, he said to them plainly, this is in John, the 11th chapter, verse 14. Lazarus is dead. 
and for your sake. I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe. Jesus knew there was a problem yet in their hearts about believing in Jesus. I know today as I speak with you that there is yet a problem in your heart with believing Jesus. No, I didn't say a problem with your believing in Jesus. No, it's a problem of believing Jesus. You can give assent or agreement to the teachings of Jesus. But it's not the teachings of Jesus that is first and foremost. It is Jesus himself who must be first and foremost. I know people who go through the scriptures and they believe every word of the scriptures and they would say, yes, the scriptures are the inspired word of God. But they don't believe in the reality of the person of Jesus Christ being the same today as he has always been. And so there is a lack of belief about Jesus Christ. Now many in the Old Testament had the same problem. Abraham knew the word of God to him. And yet he didn't really trust in the God of heaven. Oh, he he went to Cana land. But when things got tough, what did he do? He headed down to Egypt. Because he didn't believe God could give him food in Cana land. What did he do while he was down there? He acquired a slave woman for his wife, Hagar. When he didn't have a son in the time he thought he should have a son, and Sarai suggested that he take this slave woman as a second wife and have a son by her, he readily agreed and gave birth to Ishmael. And for 13 years, God did not speak to him. This is the problem the disciples are facing. They believe in Jesus, but they don't yet trust him. I want to tell you, If you need a miracle today, you're going to have to go directly to Jesus. And you're going to have to ask him for that miracle. And you're going to have to trust, as well as believe, that he will do what you have asked of him. Do you believe that God answers prayer today? 
Do you believe in miracles? Do you believe that God today, Jesus today, will step into time and space and history in your life and bring about the miracle that you need for healing of the mind, the body, the finances, the relationships? I'm standing by faith today for the fullness of the Holy Spirit and for revival in America. I'm standing by faith today that God is not going to cast America off yet, that he is not finished with America. I'm standing by faith that God is coming in mighty power in America with revival. But I know I have to do that, not just the promises of God, but I must take that promise to the person of Jesus Christ. And I must ask him. Not ask the theology. Not ask the scriptures. And I have to tell you this. I love the scriptures. I would die without the scriptures. But I love Jesus even more. Jesus is everything to me. I have no physical means of caring for myself. I have no machine that I crank that produces income. I have one person. His name is Jesus. Jesus is everything to me. I don't walk in my strength or in my power or in some supposed talent or skill. People say to me, Pastor, you're very good on the radio. No, I'm not. Jesus is. Everything that you like, and probably most of what you dislike about this broadcast, it's just Jesus. So I confess, I love Jesus. Oh, I love his word. I love the theology. I love to study Romans. I have literally worn the pages out of my Bible in Romans 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8. The pages are soiled from fingerprints for years of reading. The pages are torn. Pieces have actually fallen off. And, and I can barely make out the words. I love the word of God. I stand by faith on the word of God. But oh, the word of God, I only love because it reveals Jesus to me. I don't study the scriptures hoping to find life. I go to Jesus to find life. And I have spent many days, 
weeks and months all day on my face in a bedroom empty except for the carpet crying out to Jesus and in the spirit just seeing a fence keeping me out of the throne room of God there was much Jesus had to do in my life to prepare me to even enter into the throne room of God but today I dwell there I dwell in the throne room of God. I dwell in the presence of God. He is with me. Not because of me, but because of Jesus. Jesus knows who loves him. Jesus knows if you love him. Not with some just sentimental feeling in your heart, but you love him because he's come to you. He's magnified himself to your heart. He knows you. And he's revealed himself to you. And you stand in faith and victory in the presence of Almighty God. And you know the love and the peace and the joy of the presence of Jesus Christ, the person not the idea, not a symbol, but the person of Jesus. The disciples they don't know what to say. And finally Thomas speaks and and for many years, I was kind of down on the disciple Thomas because he was the doubter. But, oh, that all changed when I understood verse 16, John 11, verse 16. Then Thomas said to the rest of the disciples, Let us also go that we may die with him. Oh, Thomas is saying, I'm willing to die with you, Jesus. He didn't understand what Jesus was about to do. He didn't believe in Jesus, yet at the level he needed to believe. But he loved Jesus, and he was willing to go and die with Jesus. If Jesus said, let's go back to Judea, they're going to stone us to death, I'm in. Stone me. I'm with Jesus. Oh, what an awesome place to be. I'm with Jesus. And even if it means I'm stoned, I'm with Jesus. I will die with him. The disciples, in agreement with Thomas, walk with Jesus those many miles to Bethany. Bethany was about two miles from Jerusalem. Lazarus had been in the tomb for four days in that warm weather. The Jews ruled that a man had to be in the tomb for three days to be officially declared dead. They were buried very quickly in the tomb wrapped wrapped in cloth with 
spices. Now many Jews had come from Jerusalem to Bethany to comfort Mary and Martha. Mary and Martha were very well known. They were the hosts for many parties. It was a catering service probably. When Martha was told as she was weeping for her brother she heard that Jesus was coming. She quickly got up and went out to meet him. Mary didn't see her leave. Lord. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. She's disappointed in Jesus. Have you ever been disappointed in Jesus? I've been disappointed many times in Jesus because he didn't do what I thought he should do. And then he humbled my heart. And he let me see that his timing was perfect. My late wife, Jan, used to always say, Moses and the children of Israel celebrated the crossing of the Red Sea on the wrong side. They celebrated with dance and timbrels song after they crossed. Jan would say they should have celebrated before they crossed. That's true belief. Now, yes, I go to the Lord and there are times when I come weeping before him because something is not taken care of that I have cried out to him about and believed that he would do. And without exception, that prayer always ends up in praise and song and glorifying the name of Jesus because How can I walk in unbelief about this man, Jesus? And faith, his faith rises up in my heart. And I know he will do what I have asked of him because he said he would. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Your brother will rise again. Oh, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she said, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who was to come into the world. She has a theological agreement with Jesus. But she does not say to Jesus, Oh, Lord, I'm so glad you're here. I know you will raise Lazarus from the dead, even as you raised that man outside of Nain. 
so that he could care for his mother. Martha did not have the belief in the person of Jesus to say to him, Jesus, I'm so glad you're here. I worship you, Jesus. She didn't fall down on her face before Jesus and worship him and honor him and say, I know you will raise my brother from the dead. I fear that many of you have put up with many sorrows and many heartaches because you just believed in Jesus theologically. But you did not go to the person of Jesus and say, I know your arm is not too short. Nothing is impossible for you. Oh, I can't tell you the things right now, impossible things that I am standing by faith and believing that God will do for me. And I know he will. I'm waiting and I'm watching. And I know he's going to do what I've asked him because he's told me he will do that. I've prayed through until I've had the assurance in my heart he will do it. One of those things I've already talked about. I know without question he will bring revival to America. He will raise up men and women who will preach a straight, honest word that a man and woman can leave their sin and be washed in the blood and be made whole. And the old nature is removed and they are righteous before a holy God. They are justified. I know he will do that. And so I'm worshiping him and praising him and telling him how wonderful it will be when he comes and I'm eager for his coming. And then there are personal issues, some much too personal for me to even share in public that I'm standing by faith that Jesus will do for me because he said he would do it for me. stand by faith in the person of Jesus Christ I know the theology I know the promises but I also know the person do you know the person Jesus Christ see we can get tired and bored of of studying the theology and the teachings and but not when we're dealing with the person he's the most wonderful person i've ever known no one even begins to compare with jesus he comforts my heart late at night he speaks to me in the early hours of the morning. I trust him with my life. He feeds me. Psalm 23. You prepare a table for me in the presence of mine enemies. My, my cup runs over. I praise him.
Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection. He doesn't say, I bring the resurrection. He says, I am the resurrection. I am the life. The person, Jesus, he is resurrection. He is life. All she could answer was with the teaching. Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who was to come into the world. That's a fabulous statement of theology. It's a fabulous statement of belief. But it's not personal. She leaves Jesus then. I wish the story was different. I wish she had gone back to the crowds. I wish she'd been able to go back to her sister, shouting and dancing and saying, Jesus is here and he's going to resurrect our brother. Come, everybody, come. You're going to watch as Jesus resurrects Lazarus. But all she had was a theological statement. She didn't believe in Jesus yet. She quietly called her sister. The teacher is here, she said. He's asking for you. And Mary heard this. She got up quickly and she went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at a place where Martha had met him. And when the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn. Do you see, Martha's theological understanding did not bring joy and life and resurrection When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and she saw him, she fell down at his feet. Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who'd come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And Jesus wept. Jesus wept. Not because Lazarus was dead. He knew he was going to resurrect Lazarus. Why did Jesus weep? Because they didn't yet believe in him. They believed the theology. But it was not yet personal. They didn't yet believe in Jesus. And they all were saying, look how Jesus loved Lazarus. But some of them were asking the right question. Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Yes, of course he could have. So they go to where the tomb is, and he says, take away the stone. <clears throat> Pardon me. But, the, but Lord, said Martha, the, 
There's a bad odor. He's been dead for four days. And Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? That's a personal statement. That's not a theological statement, even though it's true. They took away the stone, and Jesus looked up and he began to pray, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. For Jesus, this is a belief issue in him as the person. And Jesus calls out in a loud voice, Lazarus! come out. Oh, if he'd not named the man, every dead person would have come out, but only Lazarus was called. And the dead man came out, his hands and his feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth over his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes, let him go. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did, put their faith in him. They put their faith in him as a person. But some went to the Pharisees and told them what had happened. And the Pharisees are now ready to kill him. Caiaphas, who was the high priest, said, You know nothing at all. You do not realize that it's better for you that one man die for the people than the whole nation perish. He didn't say this on his own, but as high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the Jewish nation, and not only for that nation, but also for the scattered children of God. He died for you, and he died for me. Do you know Jesus, the person? Or do you just know about him? Do you have a practical, working relationship with the Lord God of heaven and earth? Can you pray and see the result change your physical realm? I judge a man or a woman's relationship with Jesus by whether or not they can pray and see the physical realm changed by the mighty power of his love and his hand. My life literally rests in the hands of my Lord Jesus. I love the scriptures. I love to read the scriptures. I love to read about Jesus. When I was just starting ministry, my first large congregation, a tall man, bald, old, came through to shake hands with me after my opening message in that church. And he took my hand, and then he took his other hand and encased my hand in his hands. And he looked me directly in the eye. And he said, Pastor, 
will you tell us about Jesus? And I said, oh, yes, I'll, I'll be teaching about Jesus. No, that's not what this man wanted. This man wanted to know Jesus, but I didn't know Jesus then, and I couldn't tell them about Jesus, except theologically, historically. I could tell the Bible stories, but I'd not yet met Jesus personally. Many of you listening to this broadcast only know about Jesus, but you don't trust him in your personal life. You pray and nothing happens, so you don't pray much anymore. Some of you have given up. Come back and know Jesus. Come back and be filled with the presence of Jesus. Continue to read the Bible because faith comes from hearing and hearing from the Word of God. But oh, my dear brother, my dear sister, it's the person of Jesus you need to meet. It's the person of Jesus who makes everything different in your life. It's the person of Jesus who gives you the new birth. It is a supernatural work of Jesus in your heart. Jesus right now is in the heavenlies. He's in the tabernacle not built by man. It is the command center of the universe. It's Operation Save. He's there constantly administering his atoning blood to those who truly want to know him. Once you know Jesus, you can't be lukewarm anymore. Once you know his grace and his mercy and you have seen the glory of his crucifixion. I don't mean to read about it. I mean to actually see in your heart, in your mind, in your eyes, to see the crucifixion of Jesus. And then when you actually see the resurrection of Jesus, and you know he died for you. It's very personal. I want you to know Jesus. I want you to know the power of his resurrection. I want you to know the love he has for you. I want you to ask him to wash you anew in the wine of his blood. I want you to turn to Jesus today and experience a miracle and not to give up until you have found him and it will require that you search for him with all of your heart Jesus does not come and quickly show himself to any man he knows what is in us and he doesn't trust himself to us and so we search for him 
until we find him. Luke 11 says, Ask, seek, and knock, and the door will be open to you. You're not going to be able to read a five-minute devotional in the morning before you rush out. You're not going to be able to read a few passages of Scripture and then turn to the television. You're not going to be able to go through the prayer book and then go about your worldly activity. You'll only know about Jesus, but you won't know him. To know Jesus, you must spend time searching, hungering, crying out for him. And if you give up, you'll not find him. It requires that you search with all of your heart that you zealous, you are zealous in repentance. You are zealous in, in doing what the Holy Spirit tells you you need to do in order to know Jesus. You must search after him with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your spirit. Will you stand with me for revival in America? Will you stand and believe and trust that the person Jesus cares enough for us that he will quicken our hearts and turn us toward himself? Will you pay whatever price is necessary, time, energy, money, in obedience to Jesus, that he will finally fully reveal himself to you. And everything will be different then. What do you need Jesus to do for you today? And what do you need to do for Jesus today? Almighty God, my Lord Jesus, I love you with all of my heart. And I know that you answer prayer. And I know you are the God of miracles. Lord, I know you will bring revival to America. I praise and I worship and I honor you. I know that your promises are all yes and amen. I know that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Lord, would you reveal yourself to America? Will you reveal yourself to each person praying and listening today to this broadcast? Would you take away their unbelief? And will you cause them to stand and rejoice in the certainty of your love and your forgiveness and your compassion. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to the broadcast today. 
I pray now that the Holy Spirit will move in great power in your life. Expect a miracle today. Seek after the person of Jesus. And he will come. And he will teach you by the Holy Spirit all things. I stand by faith that many of you will continue to give. Some of you have never given. If not, would you change that today at the prompting of the Holy Spirit? This is a faith ministry. I have no means to do this except as the Holy Spirit provides through his blessed people. Would you write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia. 22195, that's the National Prayer Chapel. Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia. 22195. You can also go to our webpage and there is audio there and also many videos. Or you can go just straight to YouTube and put in Pastor Ray Greenlee and the YouTubes will all come forward. You can go to nationalprayerchapel.com and give online. You've listened to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. Jesus.